Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Mr. Davis, and I'm joined by lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. How the devil are you? I went to the pub last night with friends. <gasps> what? The pub... you, you've been to the pub so much as of late. The pub after work. I know. What a what an awful time to shave my eyebrows off my face when I'm going to see people loads. Yeah. Hmm. How about How was that? It? it was, I mean, I couldn't drink. Uh, I've got some surgery coming up, remember, from yeah. the from the explosion. From the explosion, of course. From yeah, the yeah, explosion. Yeah. I've, I've got to get a hair transplant. That's the way it's, <laughs> you know, I've got to recover from the I mean, I did explosion. say you should, you should probably get a second opinion, but it really sounds like it is the only answer. It's weird, right? Because I feel the pain in my shoulder. Mm. Yet they're saying, no, 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 you need the hair transplant. You know, like David Beckham had terrible hamstring problems for years all throughout his career. And they, you know, Mm -hmm. tried all of his body out. And it turned out he had a bad tooth. That's how interconnected the body is. So, yeah. Are you saying this is why Randy Randy Orton hasn't been injured in so long? It's because he had a hair transplant. So with John Cena, actually. I, I, I'm not a correlation or causation, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying these things line up and they're the experts. Granted, they are the cosmetic surgeon experts who only really know how to do either hair transplants or fillers. So, mm-hmm. you know, when, when every, when you, when all you've got is a hammer, every situation might indeed look like a nail. But yeah, well, I'm just going with the doctors. I want to uh, alleviate your worries because I know you have them because while you're away, someone's going to run the ship. That will, of course, be me. Um, and you've got stuff on your mind. You've got Ollie authority being blown up, Tempest and Pete trying to steal all of your spotlights by doing podcasts and stuff and, and this and the other, getting your head shaved and your eyebrows and whatnot. But I've found the answer. I found what is going to save us as a channel. Oh, I, I, I know we've been looking for it. So I've now got it. So let me just do a Chrome tab share. If uh, the answer isn't Steve, no, sorry, Larson doing uh, reviews of Wrestling News Now videos. 
That oh, is Steve you're wrong. That. Oh, it's Steve. Sorry. Oh, of course. Yeah. I got my Steven Larson mixed up. No, this is what Steve we're going to do. We're going to do this, but for wrestling themes. Okay. Now I know what you're thinking. That's pretty standard, right? You know, it's it's good, like, but you know, is is there anything really particularly groundbreaking in all of that? Well, uh, you should probably say... it's it's an acapella it's an acapella group. This is a YouTube video. Yeah, okay. and also it's got like it's got like eight million views, and it was loaded in mm. November last year. Are you sure they're not just ripping off Pitch Perfect? Opening wow. credits. Isn't every acapella group doing that? But this one, this is what you want to do. Okay, this is Pixar's. Oh. <laughs> Not sure how satisfying that is to watch without <laughs> the video accompaniment. But yes, that was a very good go at Pixar's. You know this is an audio format that we're doing I know. This in right now, and you're showing I the know. YouTube videos. Oh. But surely, isn't acapella just a purely audio thing? Yeah, but usually I would agree. I would say there's a big visual component to these <laughs> ones. I thought as much, but like we can't do this sort of thing on the video version of the show, so I have to do this here. But like, Maybe dude, we should, like, though. but we can do this, but with like, but with wrestling, like, look at you know, this has got eleven million views in two mm. months. Have they done any wrestling covers? That's that's remarkable. Sure. I used to I used to love a cappella music as a kid. Before Pitch Perfect came out, I remember I had like all the hits of the 80s. It was this 300 track 8 CD compilation set. And I loved The Flying Pickets. I, that was my favorite song out of all 300 tracks. And from there, LimeWire came about. And I was like, what? There's nothing else like The Flying Pickets on MTV2. And that's when I discovered Rockapella, who were this group oh, that just right. yeah, did yeah. sort of a cappella covers of uh, pop songs. But now, yeah, now, now everyone's in on it. I feel like uh, I was there before it was cool. As I, I was just about to say, so the, the big takeaway from this is Ollie Davis liked something before it was cool. And Trend that's not the first time that's happened, Luke. Because after that, I was like, okay, acapella's gone and all cool now, hasn't it? Look at all the cool kids doing their voice-based music. I was like, I'm going to get into something else. String quartet covers of pop songs. That used to be my jam. You know that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's what you used to write the news with. Yeah. But, like, I'd listen to it too Two hours every morning, a uh, couple of years from 2015 to 2017. And now, oh, what was my lady partner playing the other morning? The string quartet cover of Britney Spears' is Toxic, which is in Promising Young Woman, which is a fantastic cover. But I liked it first. <laughs> I, I, I feel your pain because I've just discovered uh, this show that I'm massively into at the moment. And I just feel like it's on the precipice of really taking off and everyone's going to be talking about it. It's called game of Thrones. I, <sighs> I, I think 
I finished season two last night. So you know, it's taken you me six. Years. It's taken me six years. You, did you go back to the start and watch it, or did you start oh, where you no. left off? No. So we so we watched. So about for anyone who's a, you know maybe a new listener, about five or so years ago, Ollie Davis and I used to do a movie review podcast, and I started watching Game of Thrones then. And I used to do, we used to do Game of Thrones where I would try and recap what I think is happening in this story because I have no idea what's happening in Game of Thrones. And I can never remember who anyone's character is or what they're doing. And Ollie would get increasingly frustrated by me because I kept getting things wrong. Um, and then I gave up on it because I thought the, I, there was only two things I liked in the first season. And that was um, Sean Bean and Carl Drogo. And they both got killed. And I was like, well, I'm done with this show then. Spoilers. Yeah. All right. And then, so we started watching. So then during lockdown, my wife and I started watching series two. So we started watching it last year. And then I got three episodes in and I was like, I'm done with this. Like, it's, it's all right. It's all right. Like, it's perfectly fine, but I'm not, I'm not bothered. And then on the off chance, my wife was like, do you want to give it another go? And I was like, oh, go on then. You know, we'll try and break up ER for a little bit and we'll watch Game of Thrones. And now I think it's quite good. And uh, by the end of series two, I was like, do you know what? That was quite good, actually. I thought the Stannis Baratheon sort of like siege upon King's Landing. Look at me. Yeah. I get the characters' names right and the places. And Are I we talking the Battle of Blackwater Bay, I believe? Is oh, I'm not a nerd. I, I'm, not, I'm not a nerd. I don't know what you're talking about there. <sighs> All I know is there was a lad and there were some boats and then some green fire blew up the boats. Uh-huh. And uh, then there was a big fight and stuff and lots of blood in that. Tyrion was hand of the king. He was sort of rallying the troops when Joffrey won, ran off. Well, he didn't run off. Old, um, he was a little bitch ass. <laughs> your, your last from dread made him go home. Like he didn't, he didn't, mm. he didn't particularly choose oh, to run away. Come she on, Joffrey was gonna do one. Joffrey was gonna jog on. But <laughs> honestly, Stannis Baratheon is my everything. He is <laughs> so so concrete with his very compromised moral beliefs but he has a system and he by god he sticks with it in fact like well, i'm, and I'm he, looking forward to he this he takes then. it to some terrible places i look forward to this then because i do think he's quite boring so maybe <gasps> yeah, maybe that will switch that. around on me because like you know what uh, stannis I mean, we, is like we, we started watching a great Tot- technical wrestler <laughs> <laughs> he looks boring <laughs> but actually that the aficionados know we fell asleep watching an episode and uh, we came back to it and like it was in the middle of an episode and it was him talking with the lad from the Northeast. And I honestly said to Kay, I was like, I have no idea who that is. Or <laughs> All these white long haired men look the same. Oh God. It was just, they, and they were talking and I was like, oh, how, how much did I fall asleep? Because I have no blues clue who that is. Uh, or who we and then my then my wife explained to me who it was and I was like nope don't remember but I picked it up because really it's not that complicated a show it's quite easy to, it's pretty much paint by numbers it's quite easy to follow along with so that's that's my quick review of uh, Game of Thrones series two uh, now we're going to review I feel, AEW. Like I feel like you're getting in all of these shots when you know we have to wrap up <laughs> cannot reply to these anyway i need to get out of here because we need to do the aew review here it is you filibustered it we haven't had a chance to talk about this yet but last friday morning i woke up 
after, you know, an awful time the previous night with all those releases. And I saw AEW had pulled in 1.2 million viewers. Oh, Tony yeah. Khan is making it rain the Khan coin <laughs> over in the States. Anyone who's got a Nilsson box, ring up that guy. I bet he'll uh, put some crypto your way. Yeah, 1.2 million viewers unopposed. So this was the first week that NXT moved across to Tuesday nights. This might have been the big thing uh, that has been stopping AEW all this time. Imagine if NXT wasn't there. By the way, I'm Mr. Davis. I'm joined by Luke Warm, Luke Owen. We're going to be reviewing the full episode of Dynamite very shortly. But first, we, we sort of wanted to now talk about the weirdly real possibility of Dynamite surpassing probably Raw at the moment in 2021. Yeah, so this week's episode of Raw did 1.9 million viewers, and that was seen as a high because they're on the WrestleMania bump at the moment. So like that is like interest in WWE is at its highest it's going to be probably for the rest of the year unless something really takes off. And that was 1.9 million viewers. Look at last year they were doing loads of 1.5, um, 1.6, 1.7 and 8 is kind of like their average at the moment. It's picked up since the Thunderdome. So doing 1.2 million and you could make the argument, oh, well, it was Tyson. Mike Tyson actually uh, made the bump. And Tyson's segment was the highest viewed point, but that was 1.4 million. The show didn't dip below 1 million viewers throughout like every segment that was on the show. So that is, you would imagine, a really good kind of like block. Like that's your really good, like if you have a million audience, that's only just going to grow from there you would you would want to hope so yeah are we living in a world where there is a potential that aew dynamite could draw in a larger audience than monday night raw it's mad i you know when this has been broached to us uh it's always around 700 800 000 viewers that's what dynamite's been doing in the lockdown era at, on average mm -hmm. so we were so well i wonder how much without nxt it will increase and but with like, I think everyone thought a million would be good. Wouldn't that be yeah. nice to break a million? And that will be the and new level. Then, and even then, I thought, I don't think it'll do a million. Like, I, I remember but, saying to Denise, I, I remember saying to Denise, I don't even think it'll do a million, even without the NXT competition. Like 800, like 900, that's what I was thinking. Maybe a million on the first week, but then it will dip down. Uh, we, we must point out also last Wednesday's rating can be seen as a, a sort of unique one. Because we no. don't know. We don't know if it's a pattern yet. This was the first night. It looks like there were 500,000, half a million extra viewers just hanging around, wanting to watch wrestling on a Wednesday night without NXT there. And they all went and watched Dynamite. And they yeah. stuck around, most importantly. They tuned in at the start, and they were there by the end. It wasn't like Raw, where people inexplicably tune in at the start and, you know, more understandably, leave in droves as the show goes on. God, the third hour is depressing. I mean, maybe Dynamite Dynamite maybe first needs to beat that third hour of Raw, <laughs> which is typically like 1.5 million. Like, yeah, we're, we're yeah, talking 300,000 viewers, quarter of a million viewers off of what the last hour of Raw is doing, just with this mm -hmm. week. This, uh, sorry, last week, this week's episode, the one we're going to review, I'm so, so interested. I cannot wait for that rating to come out. It'll be around 9 p.m. our time. So what's that, like mid-afternoon for everyone in the States? But think, that wasn't even a big episode. Sure, they had Tyson, but they are push, push, pushing hard the blood and guts on May, May 5th? 
May 5th is in two weeks' time. Yeah, like that yeah. is an episode where I think we could see a really big number from it. Like you would hope that's going to pull in a big episode. Because as well, didn't they say on this show, it's a one-match event. Like that one yeah. match is going to be the whole two hours. I don't know if that was on the ep. I didn't see that on Dynamite, but that's what Dave Meltzer has said. He's hearing it. It's a one-match show. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, they said it, well, they said it on commentary. So they didn't promote right. it in like graphics or anything, but the commentary team said it's a one-match event. That's big. That's a big um, two-hour match. That's a lot to ask. I know. Which which is weird. Okay, so like just one more thing on the AW thing, the 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 rating rather. The rating will come out around the same time or just before actually WWE's Q1 earnings report. I think you're gonna say I think gonna say it's gonna come on just before Taskmaster starts on channel four. So I might be a bit distracted for the first quarter yeah. of Taskmaster. Yeah. It will be that. Uh but yeah, like usually people ask questions of the investors' calls. You know, you know I'm a sucker. I I like the cute the quarterly earnings reports more than I do B-level pay-per-views at the moment. <laughs> they're, they're so exciting. Oh, it's good, isn't it? I want to see what? what excuses they've got this time round. Like, what's the reasoning this time? I mean, they'll just talk about how WrestleMania was a great success and all that. I've genuinely got a recurring appointment in my calendar every three months. <gasps> it's the earnings report time. Yay, have a little party. But yeah, this is good. The, the ratings are going to come out then. But with that said... And I've heard a lot of people say this was one of the, I saw someone say this is one of the best shows Dynamite's ever done. Uh, Wrestling Observer talked very positively about it. I liked the show. I thought the show was very good, but by AEW standards, I thought it was the most average show they've put on this year. This was the mm -hmm. least best episode for me, like all the power to you if you enjoyed it, because there were some great matches on this show, but I've just personally preferred everything else they've done this year. Yeah, I think I'm in a similar boat to you. Like, cause I, I, we were talking about this earlier, but like, you know, excellent women's title match, amazing main event over the TNT titles, and really like just solid wrestling throughout. Really enjoyed the Christian Cage, Will Hobbs stuff, and, mm. you know, there was, and there was great promos on there. The Elite were on form, but like, there was something, there was something that didn't quite get to me like a, a dynamite episode usually would and it's almost because, and we've said this before about this show, it's so consistently great. That great episodes now are just the base level. Like just doing great episodes doesn't impress that doesn't impress me much. What have you done for me lately? Like that's kind of <laughs> the impression we got with with uh, Dynamite. Like it was a great episode, yeah. And I think a given week it was four out of five. But with their last few weeks, the last few months, the last year that they've had, yeah, it's a three out of five episode, really, just to kind of you know put my cards out on the table. It was a great episode of of Dynamite, three out of five. The inverse also applies. When Raw does a half-decent show, I'm going to give it five out of five. You know, it's, it's just like where things are at. But the I just thought that was a, a, a really odd thing to do because this was a live show. It wasn't pre-taped. It's not like they had taped all this weeks in advance and then they saw the big rating and like, oh, but we've already done the stuff for this week. This was a live show. And off the back of that 1.2 million viewership number last week, I'd have been like, huh. And you know, like Tony Khan is a is a numbers guy. And he's like, oh wow, we've we've almost doubled our audience there. You know, 500,000 more people. Let's put on a killer show next week. I'm not saying this wasn't a killer show. I'm just saying, you know, there was no Kenny Omega match. The 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 angle with the elite was a bit off for me. Uh, I just thought there wasn't a mega, mega hook thing that I you know yeah. And do you know what's weird? There was no Rich Swan on this show. 
Like yes, in yeah. in you know the the AEW Championship, the world title is on the line this coming weekend in a in a champion versus championship match against uh, Rich Swan of Impact Wrestling. Not a mention of it whatsoever. Like I think they might have mentioned, oh, you'll soon be the Impact World Champion. Like Callis said it in sort of an off-handed remark, but it felt weird there was no push for that rebellion match. I was that was odd. I and I think it's a mistake, a, a rare mm-hmm. mistake. Not like like it's it's detrimental to the product, like a WWE mistake where they bury someone. It's just like as an open goal there of potential, and it seems to have been whiffed. But yeah, I just thought I I love and we have all been calling out for for years: build new stars, make new stars. And what AEW have admirably done, it's an incredibly brave strategy, is to say, okay, money where our mouth is. We've got all these new viewers that have just started following our, pro- our product, it seems. Here's Darby Allen and Jungle Boy in the main event. Here's Ty Conti in a women's title match. You know, these are super young people, mid-20s and under. And they are great, but they're also very early on in, the, in their careers. You know, Ty Conti and Jungle Boy in particular are still growing a lot. Darby Allen is more of a fully fleshed out drawer, I would argue. So I just thought like, huh. I if that was me in the in the in the driver's seat, I would not have put on this kind of show. I'm not saying like I, I almost respect them more for doing it, but I, I it kind of took me that's, aback. That's, that's what I was going to say. Like I've actually got more admiration for them just putting on a standard episode of Dynamite after that 1.2 mil last week, as opposed to just being like, "Whoa, well we need to like you know crash cut, you know let's just like crash the cart here." And let's put everything out there next week. We'll put on a Kenny Mega match. We'll do this. We'll do that. They were like, no, no, no. Uh, we get, you know, 1.2 million watches. If you want to watch again, that's great. We've got a, a big match coming up in two weeks. If you want to come back for that, that's also grand. It's almost like, you know, when we talked about this with um, uh, the MCU, like phase mm. one of the MCU was so safe. It was just like, these are the characters that we have. We've got just nothing but C-level characters because but despite how much Marvel Comics will tell you, Iron Man and Captain America aren't as popular as Spider-Man and the X-Men and all this and the other. So like, well, we've only got these C-level characters. So we'll just do those ones because they're the biggest names that we have. Then when it got to, then Avengers did like over a billion dollars. They were like, well, actually that worked. But let's not go too all out in phase two. We'll just do those characters again. But let's do this Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Like, no one knows. We got them. No one knows who these characters are. Let's just try and see what happens when we do that. And that movie was a big hit. And that was the moment where they suddenly went like, oh, it turns out we could do anything. We could do anything. <laughs> we we could literally put out any movie and we'll do a, like millions of hundreds of millions of dollars. And that was the gave the confidence to the MCU to like just go out there and do a Captain Marvel, a Black Panther, Shang-Chi and, and all of this sort of stuff. So I wonder if this is Dynamite. Like, is this episode of Dynamite? the guardians of the galaxy of the wrestling world. Yeah, I think you might be onto something. Great analogy. Where they're just putting over the the young the, the young talent. You know, like you've got new viewers. Hey, look, these wrestlers are in the main event. Accept it or, or yeah. go away. It's very brave. Um, by the way, just before we get on to the hyper chats or Omega chats as they are on these AEW reviews, you pronounced Shang-Chi's name wrong. It's actually... Shang-Chi. For those podcast listeners, Ollie Davis did some hand motions uh, for the Shang-Chi character. What a trailer. Great trailer though, right? Let down by a stupid answer to what's your name. Hey, what's your name, mate, who just saved us all? 
<laughs> oh, I'm, 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 what's that? You know, Prince? I, I, I don't know. Uh, right, let's see what you all La- thought. Last, on, sorry, the oh. last thing I wanted to say on the ratings, very last thing I wanted to say on the ratings, was that the original report about why NXT was moved to the USA Network mm. was never to beat AEW in the ratings. It was never about beating them. Triple H just holds a marathon, not a sprint. Absolute boulder dash. It was never about beating them. It was just about taking viewers away from the Dynamite product. And I think you can now look at what it was doing when NXT was on versus what it did when it wasn't on, and you can say, well, actually, that plan was a massive success because you took away 80 you had 18 months where you took away 500 odd thousand viewers away from that product so yeah good going wwe that plan really worked prediction by the end of the year nxt will be back on wednesday nights that's my that's my bold prediction Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This episode of the Russell Talk podcast is brought to you by the good folk over at manscape.com. One of the most painful things in life for us blokey blokes is pulling our hair out of our nose with tweezers. No joke, I did it the other night while watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, though I did it with my fingers because I'm a man and I really wish I hadn't because it really hurt. And then I felt sad and I was unable to enjoy Willow's traumatic journey to becoming Dark Willow. Oh god, you're an idiot. I am? Because you should have used Manscaped's Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer. 
A trimmer they've spent over a year developing, reinventing the traditional nose trimmer into something way more effective. A 9000 RPM motor, 360 degree rotary dual blade system, contoured 23 degree angle, water resistant tech and a lithium iron battery that lasts so long I've had mine for six months and have yet to charge it. So start off your 2021 right by upgrading your Manscaped routine to include the Weed Whacker nose and ear trimmer and you can get 20% off with free international shipping by using our promo code WTTV at manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the promo code WTTV to get 20% off and free international shipping. Thanks Manscaped for making me a better man. And thanks for letting me enjoy Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, let's get into your Omega chats. Get them all into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the show. Charles Berg says, I think the more important question is how do these companies attract and retain new and lapsed fans? But yes, it's totally plausible AEW beat Raw by Q4 2021 since Raw's crap. On Tuesday, I'll be giving my poor review when I'll talk about the dogs I watch. Uh, Sam Mort, it's an emotional roller coaster watching you guys review Raw than AEW. Another great show. Love Paige Starks and Cage Hobbs especially. Also, the pinnacle piece was really good. Money on Miro beating Derby for the TNT title. That's what I was saying last week. One hundred, like When Miro cut that promo and was like, which champion is it going to be next? Or which champion am I going to be? Surely it's got to be Derby. Sarah Sullivan, from what I hear, WWE is depressing to watch. Yes, it is, Sarah. Everyone I've shown enjoys, loves AEW, and most stick with it. What could make it grow over WWE? My friends like the stories, builds, payoffs. Is that what most fans like, or did they just enjoy the wrestling the most? I think it's a combination of both. It is your long-term stories, well, not just long-term storytelling, decent storytelling, interesting characters, and then those characters colliding in uh, great matches. Great matches. As the Attitude Era showed us, it's character. Because the wrestling was garbage. But character, it's the driver of everything. New Punk rants, I don't get the surprise at 1.2 million people. I thought it was going to be 1.4. But what another great episode. Mox and Kingston are the greatest. Ty Conti versus Brit for the title soon, please. Crowd was live and hot. This is the beginning. I love AEW. For a 1.4, that would require all of the NXT audience to hop across. Which yeah. I... You know, and then materialize some new viewers out of nowhere. So I think that was a bit ambitious. Norm Summers, I enjoyed this Dynamite, even though it was average for their standards. Still infinitely better than Raw at the moment. Cheers, boys. Jam that jam. Perseus M, my girlfriend watched wrestling for the first time since 2011. She said she wouldn't watch it every week, but is very interested in the Blood and Guts match. I think that's going to do a good number. Mm. Uh, to give the full title of that match now, it's May 5th, Blood and Guts. That was said so much. As you've got it. As you've got yep. it. It's the old wrestling parlance. Uh, the bad one, Ryan, be bad finally for now. i got to say, between Tony, Dasher, Out of Nowhere, Marvez, Spanish Alex, and even the sit-downs with JR, the personalities are a thousand times better than the WWE robots. Also, give me Miro versus Darby at the pay-per-view. I think they'll do it as a, a change on TV. Yeah, like I think they're doing this whole like main eventing of Derby and him overcoming the odds or just about, you know, surviving is so they can do a title change on TV before the pay-per-view. 
Yeah, it's a TNT title as well. We just have one more coming from New Punk Rants for now. It's been two years. Every division in AEW is great and getting better. Even the undercard and midcard is full of future stars. Tony Khan has enough talent and potential stories for at least a decade. Don't know where he's getting. It's got, New Punk Rants has got the inside tracked, and I absolutely love that man and AEW. 4D chess, and of course, hashtag I miss you, Juvie. I did. Does he mean Juvenile Hall? Could be. Juvenile yeah, Hall. <laughs> Because it's Thursday, you know what that means. We started off with uh, the commentators running through so many matches coming up tonight. I thought I was watching an episode of Dark, the first of which was Hangman Page versus Ricky Starks. Taz was out on commentary because it's Team Taz. Ricky Starks sold his ankle injury, which I thought was part of the storyline, but some people now say it could be real. Um, and Page is great as always. He, uh, he he made Ricky immediately tap out when he got a bulldog choke on and then pulled back on that injured ankle. So relatively easy win. Yeah, this was just to keep that wheel spin, that plate spinning rather, on um, Hangman Page as the number one contender, still racking up these wins. Particularly, they were putting over like the, you know, the uh, the undefeated streak that these two guys were going on, or the win streak these guys were going on. Hangman Page undefeated all year. Ricky Starks had only lost like one match this year, so they were. Uh, it was a way to kind of like put over Page as still as number one contender. Who, you know, and Taz is talking about how like he can't handle the pressure. Of being the number one contender. Oh, it was Ricky Starks, actually. Ricky Starks cut a promo being like, you can't handle the pressure of being number one. You need someone like an absolute Ricky Stark uh, in order to get this. So I, I thought from a story perspective, this was really good. In-ring was also really fun as well. The avalanche fallaway slam and that lariat was amazing. Um, yeah, really, really good stuff. Good, ba good back and forth action. And now Paige has entered the Taz level, which means he will face the boss, Brian Cage, next week. Uh, Team Taz, I like them, but they are just sort of fodder, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, totally, yeah. They are, like, lower lower down on the rungs, but featured quite a lot on TV. Like, they lost Twice all of their matches show. tonight. Yeah. Uh, Hook attacked Paige after the match, and Brian Cage walked down for the beatdown. So, no Brian Cage, Ricky Starks tension here. There were a Team Taz unit. And Dark Order made the save. I'll be in for a Dark Order Team Taz match, definitely. Um, Trent then took on Pentagon. Pentagon was dressed up as Batman in his latest <laughs> awesome look. And uh, yeah, they had they they just went straight at it. They sort of went for the, the third act. Uh, pile drivers on the ring apron. Alex Abrahantis got involved. He's Penta's sort of translator, which I just... I enjoyed this match. Of course I will, because it's Penta and I love him. And it was a very exciting back and forth action. But I, I said in my review, this kind of came out of nowhere for me. Like they didn't really have a story. And that, that was a bit, uh, you know, weird because Paige and Starks didn't really have a story either. You know, to, to open up this new episode, I was kind of expecting more. And people pointed out quite rightly that best friends have been feuding with Death Triangle. But I feel like... Feuding is a strong word. Feuding is a strong word. Yeah. Death Triangle came out for a promo segment, like a couple of like Death Death Triangle had a promo segment two weeks ago, and the best friends interrupted. I would I would not go as far to say they are feuding, but that was like the start of a feud. Um, and yeah, so like I, I feel like this match had some history to like to give it reason for being there, uh, and I really enjoyed it. I loved it, in fact, actually. 
Mm. But I just, I just thought Penta doesn't feel like he's with Pack and Phoenix. Similar to how Team Taz are just used as fodder, not like mostly fodder to beat, but just oh, we've got a guy who needs to feud with someone before he gets onto their main title program. I feel like Penta, Pack, and Phoenix are in that slot, and that. That sucks. Well, I, I feel like there's two sides to Death Triangle. There's Death Triangle of Pax, Penta, and Phoenix. And then there's Pentagon Jr. with Alex Abraham. Uh, whatever it is. I can, I can never pronounce his surname because I'm very I'm middle class and white. Um, so like there's so there's like there's two separate acts here. And I don't think the two completely mesh. As much as I really like the Penta says gimmick, I'm actually probably more into the Penta says gimmick than I am Death Triangle as a unit. Yeah, so Penta says that Trent's mum sucks, uh, <laughs> which got Trent to, to lose his cool. He ran into the ring. Orange Cassidy got super kicked by Penta. Alex Abrahantes uh, clocked Trent with the microphone and Penta got to win. And we've got a Penta versus Cassidy match for next week. So yeah, looks like a new feud or maybe an old feud. I think that'd be really good. I mean, a few people are arguing that, you know, this started a revolution last year with uh, Pack versus Orange Cassidy, which feels a bit of a stretch, but yeah, that's fine. They showed those recaps. I guess, look, they obviously have been feuding. That's one of the great mm. tapestry things like for Dynamite. But I just think on this show, I, I just wouldn't have done this. I would have put something bigger on. Uh, then we got a, a sit-down interview with the Pinnacle, all sat on big stool-like chairs. And it was JR doing an interview that sort of retort to Jericho's immortal promo that they're now calling it. Well, as soon as they say, as soon as anyone says anything like that, I immediately go, wasn't that great? I love that <laughs> promo. I love that promo. But now they're yeah. calling it the immortal promo. I'm like, yeah, wasn't the best uh, of all time. But this was a really great promo. Like one of the things that people were like when I checked uh, Twitter, uh, you know, the morning after, uh, well, this morning rather, after I'd finished watching the show, this is what a lot of people wanted to talk about: was this MJF mm. promo and how great he is as a promo. Like it's it's amazing how good MJF is as a promo. That when he cuts an amazing promo, my first reaction is just like, well, that's another great promo from MJF. I had the same thing with John Moxley, which is like, oh, John Moxley cut another great promo. Uh, Eddie Kingston cut another great promo. MJF here cut another great promo there's lots of really good stuff in here i love this idea of just like you know you sort of look to me as like you know uh, when you were 25 you were curtain jerking on wcw worldwide i'm 25 and i'm the main event of this company like i think that's a really like i, I think that's a, a brilliant character beat for mjf in this jericho feud and he's like you call me a mark yeah i am a mark I'm a mark for your spots. And I love that as well. And it's like on May 5th, my family, my brothers in arms, we're going to win blood and guts. I, I thought this was a tremendous old promo. I've just got to flash this up. Uh, producer Rich has said that <laughs> I I just said stool-like chairs. Didn't, didn't even mean for that to be <laughs> a parody of WWE. It, it happens. I guess I can see how Michael Cole would describe objects by being like very similarly sized objects i for me i don't know maybe i was in a bad mood today because I, I yeah I, I was sort of like i i enjoyed the two matches before this but they didn't you know didn't blow me away or anything and this interview i just thought yeah mjf's a great promo this is a great promo cool you you <laughs> aw mark he's a grumpy ollie today i know i know but i thought uh what i was impressed by here actually was wardlow 
because he mm-hmm. got a little bit. It wasn't amazing, but we, we don't see him talk that often. And as he was talking, I just thought, oh, it's Roman Reigns. He's got a similar <laughs> face, honestly. He's got a similar face and slow, deliberate way of speaking. I actually no? was really impressed with Wardlow here. No, I don't yeah, see yeah. the Roman Reigns thing, but I was really impressed with Wardlow. I love the, you know, Jericho, you ran down my friends here, but when you got to my name, you stumbled over your words. You stumbled because you're scared of me. Oh, I thought that was yeah. really, really great. You know, like Wardlow was way better than Jack Swagger was later on in this show. Sorry, Jake Hager. Yeah. <laughs> Straws! That's what I got from Jake Hager. <laughs> Straws! Uh, after that, we did get something that was that did blow me away a bit. It's Ty Conti versus Shida. This was a women's championship match. They got the full championship presentation. 60-minute time limit was put over. Uh, but I, I like the idea of, in my head, that's why it didn't main event the show. It's because it needed the 60 minutes and you're set. So that worked really well. And just that this wasn't a baby face versus heel story. It was always based on respect and that sort of, I guess, a respect between martial artists. Uh, Ty Conti is, of course, well-versed in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I think, and Shida something martial arty. She was on the beach doing kicks. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, kick. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, Kick kick beach? Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, Jim Carter, maybe. That was pretty... Jim Carter of Mars. Yeah, 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 him as well. Yeah, so, um... so they're both very good at kicking, mm-hmm. particularly Conti's pump kicks. Oh, they're great, right? They're so good. I could watch her do pump kicks all day. They're insane. Uh, but this was a this was a this was a very very good match, and it was like it was an extra level of good because you're like, I'm so proud of Ty Conti. This is amazing. Mm. <laughs> this oh, is yeah. so so good and so promising. It's like it's it's almost I'm excited about this match, but a lot of that excitement is how excited I am for the future of her because I, I was just thinking, oh my god, she's this good in a straight up babyface match when I almost think she's going to excel when she is selling as a baby face in peril. So if she's yeah. up against like a Brit Baker who's cheating and got outside interference and she's beating down Ty Conti, that, like, that is going to be amazing. Yeah, it's going to be so, so good. Like I, I was so impressed with Ty Conti in this match. And she's impressed me like a lot over the last few weeks. And like they've done this sort of like mini, like a three-week push, if you will, uh, for Ty Conti. And um, yeah, I've been really like there was some there's a spot in this match where they she had Sheeta over like the like the top and you know, the top rope basically on the corner. And then she hit a sent on, and it was just like it looked really, really cool. And she'd had a wicked spot as well. She calls it the wicked shot, which is like this Feynman's backbreaker across the top ropes into the uh the turnbuckle. Mm. And like Ty just sort of flops to the floor with it. She got a great near fall off the take AO. Um, loads of slaps and oh, forearms. Yeah. It felt really fiery and really like I mean, I'm looking at the, the chat here and people are talking like, you know, this is their favorite women's match in AEW. I'm not sure if it's mine. I think that still is Sheed and Nyla Rose from Double or Nothing last year, which I absolutely adored. Britt Baker Rosa. Oh, Britt Baker Rosa, yes, of course. Um, but that was unsanctioned. That one doesn't count. Um Dr. Ta- Britt Baker told me so. That this is I'm I mean, I don't want to sound down on everything because I enjoyed the episode and I really enjoyed this match, but I, this to me isn't in the top five AEW matches, AEW women's matches. Hmm. Okay, I mean, I, mean, I'm, just... I don't know, if, I don't know if it'd be for me either, but I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm. And um, yeah, like I, I just it made us not a star out of Taikansi, 
Like, I'm not going to go that far, but it really like raised her stock, really, yeah. really raised her stock. And like you say, like there is a lot down the line for when, you know, someone who is, if she's at this level now, where is she going to be in five years time? And that's exactly what you want from young talent. She'd uh, retained in the end, as she should do. Uh, she's held the belt for a long, long time. Excalibur put over this really nice motivation for her that Sheeda has never held the belt in front of fans and she wants to hold on to it so she, you know, so she can at least be champion in front of a live audience again, a full live audience. So yeah. I thought that was a nice touch. But at the end, Britt Baker came out, beckoned to the Tron, and it had the rankings on, and Ty Conti was, of course, at the top, and then it said, boom, Britt Baker is now the number one ranked contender, which means something now. Yeah, I, I and I hope this is a pay-per-view match. I hope it is Sheeda versus mm -hmm. Baker, because that will give such, like, that like character work for Sheeda of wanting to hold on to the belt until fans can be back, like is such a great bit of character work against probably what will be her toughest challenge in Dr. Britt Baker, who is racking up these wins. You know, she may have lost to Thunder Rosa, but it was an unsanctioned match. So it doesn't count. Um, Dr. Baker, Britt Baker told me so. And so like, I think there's a lot of like excellent character work. You can tell a really compelling story to do that as a pay-per-view match at double or nothing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Miro called out loads of champions again, uh, or, you know, who, which champion am I, uh, championship am I going to go for? Uh, then we got the inner circle retort to the pinnacle promo from earlier on. It was a Tony Schiavone in-ring interview. And I thought, why does anyone request these? They're going to get interrupted, surely. But not the not this one. It's so cool hearing the crowd sing Judas uh, with baby faces all on board. And yeah, this was... This, this nothing really new was said. This this was mainly a segment to set up next week's segment, which is the go home segment. It is the go home guts. segment. Yeah, so they're having which, a parlay next mm. week. So it is the pinnacle uh, versus the inner circle in the parlay where they're going to you know put down their weapons, put down their swords, and lay down the rules of blood and guts, and and you know get us all fired up for, <clears> for what's going to happen in two weeks time. Because apparently there's a. Uh, there's going to be a lid on the cage. Yeah, but they're doing it proper war games. Old style. school, old school war games, not NXT well, J war games. Jr. said that it's not a pinfall match; it's submission mm. or surrender. Yeah, which is cool. They're going back to the, the sort of dusty. What? Well, of Hold course on. they would. Are you are you saying that Cody <laughs> is going back to an old school mentality for something? <laughs> uh, the thing that stood out most for me here was not Santa. As I said in my review, <laughs> did you, that's, did that's you actually call him Santa? I didn't mean to. I just misspoke. <laughs> I also is said, "Is this why you're grumpy? Is this why you're oh, in a what, grumpy because mood?" Because <laughs> everyone's like, grumpy. "Oh, he's not called Santa." <laughs> I was grumpy before that. Uh, it's Santana, 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 uh, and he, yeah, he he took the mic. He cut a, I thought a really good promo. Took off the, mm, the glasses, so looked right down great. the lens. He should talk a lot more. He's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, after that, we got a, a storyline that's just exceeding all expectations. This has no right to be as good as it is. It's it's QT Marshall versus Billy Gunn was the match here. And it was just furthering this Marshall faction of uh, the Nightmare Factory versus the Nightmare Family. Just great. Uh, QT won because a go-go gut punch Billy Gunn behind the referee's back. And Dustin Rhodes ran out for the save. He got a oh, wooden chair. Rhodes? I thought it was um, Shark Boy. <laughs> He's got some funky new makeup. Yeah. Weird. 
It's like when Jeff Hardy paints his eyelids. Yeah, it is a little bit. Because honestly, at first I thought, oh, he's got like a shark mask on, like, you know, with Shark Boy. And then I thought it was like, you know, like you, you're going out to the shops um, during <laughs> a pandemic. And then, it, no, it turns out it was face paint. It was really weird. Yeah. Uh, but he got like a deck chair, a wooden deck chair. What was this chair? Like, I get the chair had to be a wooden thing because you're going to crack um, Komaroto over the head with it. And you do not want to have a repeat of the Sean Spears Cody Rhodes chair spot. But it looked so weird when like the heels grabbed this wooden deck chair. And I was like, it's a, are we, um, you know, here in the UK, we're now allowed to have people in private gardens because like, you know, we're sort of easing the rules of lockdown. And it now feels like there are a lot of families who are in sort of like the emergency chair mode. It was like, well, I actually haven't got enough chairs to host people. Like we are in this position. We have not got enough chairs to host people in the garden. And it feels like the sort of chair that I would have found in the back of the shed being like, oh, that'll do. That'll do as a chair that someone can sit on for a, for a little while. It only needs to be for a couple of hours. It was a weird chair to have under the ring. I'm sure it was set up in a being the elite segment or something on dark <laughs> elevation. Yeah, we're just we're just missing this because we're not watching every like all twelve hours of, of content yeah. that AEW put out every week. It was fun to see it get whacked over Komaroto's head, though. It probably mm. went kablam blam. Yeah, which I enjoyed. Komaroto, he's got a hell of a look. Well, did you hear JR's line about this? Like when Comoroto was still on the outside, he said oh, he's clearly cold because he's wearing a jacket and a full jumper because he's so <laughs> he's got this like hairy barrels chest, and um, I think he looks awesome. But like mm -hmm. clearly, clearly the star of the group they want is is a go go. Right, because like Komaroto and Aaron Solo get sort of taken out by the gun club and sort of brawls to the back. Anthony Gogo just storms out. The governor, right? He just storms out of the back and he sees Billy Gunn. And he's like, "Oh, attitude here with this," and he punches him in the gut, and that's how QT Marshall gets the win. And like, it was only off the back of like the factory interference that QT was able to win here. But it was really about a uh, Gogo as the star of this group. Yeah, I want a Gogo's actual finisher to be put in someone's head in a car door and just <laughs> <laughs> like Vinnie Jones and Lockstock. Vinnie Jones and Lockstock. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm really into this story. I'm, I'm stunned because, you know, when QT, when it was all first being teased, I was like, ah, oh, it's a nice detail, but whatever. Someone else can watch it on dark. But the, I thought <laughs> I'm, I'm really, really into it. I really uh, want to the, see Cody versus a go-go now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot. There's a lot of combinations I want to see actually. So, Great, great feuding. Uh, well, you're lucky because there's like a thousand members of the Nightmare family to, to have matches oh with. Oh my God, it's going to go on forever. Uh, what I wasn't so hot on, and it's more it's more that there's a bit of, uh, I, th I think again, missed opportunity here, was what came next, which was the super elite, or the elite now, I guess, uh, in their own trailer. They were all just being douchebags, good brothers, young bucks, Don, Kenny, really, really good stuff. Uh, they've got their own, there's Michael Nakazawa being their personal assistant. They've got their own cameraman now. Brandon and Cutler. Kenny is, oh, is it, oh, I missed that. Okay. Yeah, yeah Brandon uh, of course, because of the Bucks connection. Uh, and Omega starts to cut a promo on Rich Swan. I was like, oh, I forgot about this. It's this Sunday, uh, Rebellion. Kenny's likely going to win the Impact World Championship. Oh, that, they'll probably do something on this show. Rich Swan will run in or something. Um, and then the horn starts interrupting him. He never really gets to do that promo. And it's John Moxley and Eddie Kingston outside. I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. This is this is probably better. 
and they drive into the side of the trailer. It was brilliant. They got out. Eddie Kingston with a tire iron. Yes, please. They smash in the window. They get in the trailer. There's no one there. Yeah, I get because they ran away, right? Like that's the implication is they were in the trailer and then they ran away. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't think this fully worked. Like, like Eddie Kingston and Moxley were cool. And like, and I love the moment as well, like at the end when Moxie like threw the, the, the tire iron and it smashed through the window. And it was like, like it was nowhere near Eddie Kingston, but Eddie Kingston was walking past and he was like, whoa, do you want to wait till I'm out of the way before you throw that? Like <laughs> I, the interaction between Kingston yes. and Moxie is so natural and just so, it's a wonderful dynamic that they have that I just, I love them as a tag team and I love them as a team in, in, in AEW. And I want to see them take on Kenny Omega. I want to see them beat up the Young Bucks. Like I kind of want to see them versus the Bucks with the tag titles that double or nothing so i am into this storyline i am into all of the different players in, in all of this but there is that part of my mind that is just like this coming sunday your championship is on the line and it doesn't feel like it is it feels like the impact title is on the line and because rich swan is you know because they're doing a lot of stuff for this on impact but it doesn't feel like both belts are and i don't think that this feud has quite it's not as hot as it should be and what I mean in in, in the the eight in Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan, like that he doesn't feel as hard as it should do. Yeah, I totally agree. I think you know, when the impact door opened back in December, very, very exciting stuff. And it's all going on in impact. You know, if you watch Impact, this is the main storyline. It should also be the main storyline in AEW, I think. Yeah. Um, so I yeah, the the world, like you said, the world championship. Why isn't Rich Swan on this show? I feel like Imp- Impact. They're likely going to have Omega as their world champion, so that's amazing for them. But the build, I, I think they're getting a very short end of the deal here. I mean, I, I know a lot of people have said this: the Impact are getting the short end of the stick here. But like Impact are sending, like I mean, AEW sending like their top guys over to Impact. And like, it's not like, you know, they're not sending over just some impact lads yeah. to, to get a bit of a showing. So like, you know, impact are getting something out of this. They're getting all of the top guys. They're getting a lot of like cross promotion stuff, but it, it is, I think it is weird that there hasn't been anything impact related on AEW since this door opens. Yeah, I totally agree. That's like, they're getting the top stars. Kenny Omega, you can't get bigger than that in AEW. Make a deal of that on AEW. I just, yeah, yeah it's I weird. I think it's weird. weird. Uh, after that, we got Powerhouse Hobbs taking on Christian Cage. This was awesome. I really, really like this match. I love watching Christian wrestle. I've seen a, quite a few people be uh, down on it because they feel like Christian doesn't do anything for the entire match, hits the kill switch and wins. I, mm. For me, I love that story <laughs> because like, I'm still yep. very conscious of Christian's injuries. This is only his second match back, really. The first one was with Kaz. Very solid pair of hands. This one was with a relatively inexperienced guy. Uh, I still thought Christian did great. I thought Hobbs looked fantastic, especially because it was Hobbs's own cockiness that cost him, not his yeah. ability. I'm sorry, I, d- I didn't want to interrupt your flow there, but we've just had a big donation. Just want to give a shout out to Mick, uh, Nick Mazesco, who's just donated 150 pounds for a hyper chat, which we will get to in uh, you know in the outro portion of this show. But yeah, thank you so much. I just wanted to, as an excuse to play that jingle. <laughs> the super kick Nick Mazesco, uh, mm. there. Thank you very much. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, Christian won with the kill switch because Hobbs was kind of posing with him in a power slam, doing the 
the sort of Christian where my peeps at pose. Good match. Yeah, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed this, and it was like a great showing for Hobbs. And it was like Christian gave him pretty much all of this match, but not in a way of just like the heel beat up the baby face for 90% of the match. And then the baby face gets the win. No, this felt like no Hobbs was dominating because Hobbs is a dominating character. This was all about mm. getting his character over and his style over. And Christian was said of that Christian hasn't like encountered something like this. He hasn't wrestled for, you know, like he's still on his comeback tour. So like Christian just about eked out the win here. And as you say, it was down to like Hobbs's inexperience is what cost him this match. I, I, really 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 enjoyed it after that we got a video package of jade cargill being like whoever's gonna sign me it better be for loads of money so matt hardy vicky guerrero they all want her that they'll want to be her agent effectively and then we got the main event of jungle boy versus darby allen which was i i thought this was a fantastic match for me this was match of the night i uh, mm -hmm. started off it started off like technical based, which Jungle Boy seems to be so, so good at. And then it spilled out into the crowd. They're brawling. You had that there was this wonderful moment where Jungle Boy was trying to get back into the ring, referee doing the count out. Luchasaur Luchasaurus is just standing there, like willing him to get up. And Jungle Boy uses Luchasaurus to get up and then into the ring. So, you know, that's kind of an assist. And Sting mm -hmm. was like, get out of here mate and luchasaurus yeah. was like raw and they fought i described it in my review as like when i used to play wrestling as a kid i would just yeah. use any action figure and i had a sting and you usually hit face off against the, the black power ranger but a dinosaur could also have been in there so yeah. they brawled off to the back uh Really, really close snare trap with Jungle Boy in there for ages. I love that near fall. I love that near fall. It actually reminded me. So um, Adam Blompier and I uh, yesterday did our review of Backlash 2000 for our Patreon backers. It's available now at rustalk.com forward slash Patreon if you want to get involved in that. And that uh, show features Jericho versus Benoit. And there is an amazing near fall spot on the Crippler Crossface when like he's got it in there and Jericho does like the near fade and the crowd are like going absolutely nuts for it and going like really, really crazy for it. And it, I just kind of got like, not like the same flashbacks cause it's not in front of 19,000 people, but like that moment when like, it, I was like, I think Darby's going to fade here. Like I really, I totally bought into him losing the belt, which is weird because at the same time I'm like, well, no, because like surely the point is for, is for Miro. But I, I, that's one of my things I really love about Darby Allen is I totally believe in him as a seller and I totally believe in his near falls. And it's the same for Jungle Boy. So I, I absolutely loved this match. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's the, the, after that, we got a lot of stuff going against the time limit as well, because it's not like the 60 minute time limit for the women's match that they talked about earlier. Excalibur brilliantly put over, look, TNT title rules, it's going to, and by the when the show goes off air, we're running out of time. And, you know, I thought, I didn't think Jungle Boy would win, but I thought they might do a, a, a draw. Mm. But yeah, full credit to them. They went for a, a decisive finish. Darby got the pin with the uh, uh, Last Supper. And yeah, they won. Great match. And then after that, I personally, I would have preferred them to, if the idea is to focus on the young talent and build them up, I think just go off air with that. Uh, but instead, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky ran in, beat up Derby, Sting and Lance chased him off. And I just thought, ah, it's a bit of a, I just thought it was a bit of a limp bit after that great match. I didn't mind it. 
Um, but it, it was like, I mean, every match had the sort of a, a very similar process, which is like match, then someone comes down after the match and someone either runs them off or something else happens. Like that happened like every single match on this show. Mm. Um, so like, I, you know, I, I didn't, I, I didn't mind it from that perspective really, but I, I just, I loved this match and I really enjoyed Darby Allen and Jungle Boy. And it's just like, what a credit to AEW for having the balls to put out these two 20 something year old kids and be like, you're the main event of this show. And we've seen it the last couple of weeks with Darby Allen. So mm. I'm a full credit to AEW to have the um, the faith in him as a wrestler and as the face of this company. They were really putting the face of this network. They were really putting that over strong. He's the face of this network. Um, and I, yeah, and I, I kind of love that. I love that about it. We'll see. We'll see how it pays off tonight. I'm I'm rooting for them because if that works, fantastic. They've genuinely created a new star and they're committed to their mission statement. But it's it's a risk. It's, it's I, I hope it pays off. Uh, overall, so I gave it three out of five. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would have also given it three out of five as well. But we are massively out of step with the uh, the community department. Fifty six percent gave it four out of five. Twenty two percent giving it a three out of five middle of the road, and fourteen percent giving it a five out of five all elite show. So yeah, this was very much a four out of five show. I did want to highlight this comment that we got here um, from S Morgan. Said I watched this show with my girlfriend. She hadn't watched any wrestling since JBL was the champion. I noted down a few of her statements. Why are they cheering the guys who just cheated? Alex and Penta. <laughs> Are pile drivers just regular moves now? Hey, it's a go-go from Strictly Come Dancing. Did they transport us to 2001 for 10 minutes in reference to the Moxley and Elite segments? He's going on my free list in reference to Orange Cassidy. And she laughed for a solid five minutes when she heard the name Luchasaurus <laughs> for the first time. So yeah, I hate Orange Cassidy now. Is the free list where you get to choose a, like five people yeah. to sleep with if if the opportunity yeah. arises despite being in a, a loving relationship. That's exactly yeah, A hall pass, I believe other people would call it. Orange Cassidy. Wow. Uh, it's a great, well, it's a great show. Great choice. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for all of your Hyper Chats, Omega Chats so far. We'll read out every single one of them. Keep getting them in before the show goes off air. And also a big thank you to our wonderful $25 a month or more pledge hammers on Patreon. The ones choose the wizard, Carol Wands. Viernes El Dissomontrocero, Jason Gutierrez. Nailed it. The Pim Particle, Terry Hankamer. Luke's favorite director, Christopher Nolan. Always shining, Garrett Albright. The easiest name to pronounce, Josh Razowskis. The real shorty G, Aaron. Ross Hooper Scooper Cooper. WrestleTalk's personal problem solver, Jamie Donovan. The man with the scoops, Sean. Not that Sean. <laughs> no, he would Why is he called the man us. with the scoops then? <laughs> Black and Decker Dane. What's love got to do with it? Matthew Turner. 
all of those pledge hammers, and you could get our latest exclusive Patreon podcast. Tell them what it is, Luke. It's reviewing Backlash 2000, which is it's one of my favorite wrestling pay-per-views of all time. Probably WWE's greatest B-level pay-per-view they've ever done from the year 2000. And we're actually nearing it. We are eight days away from the 21st, or well, the 20th anniversary, I guess. It's been 21 years since Backlash 2000. And I've got stories to tell about, like, staying up to watch it on Channel 4 and with my parents, like, uh, uh, my parents not knowing because it was a school night, having the volume down real low so i didn't wake anyone up being super excited for steve austin's return and i I will reveal to you now but i reveal it and go into detail in the show i cried watching that main event back i i watched the show and i genuinely cried tears of happiness i was enjoying it so much and i was loving the fact that i was re-watching and i got to review it because raw has been so bad that it's really beaten me down as of late and it's made me not enjoy wrestling so this genuinely made me cry and be like oh this is why i love professional wrestling yeah this was great this is why you love wwe i think mm. it's like ah yeah. Oh, yeah no i didn't i love them so much back then Uh, right now, over to those Omega Chats. Of course, go over to WrestleTalk's Patreon page. You've the link's in the video description below, and you can get that and loads more, like a, like podcast shout-outs. But thank you to Joshua Lasso here, who has said, Hey, guys, hypothetically, if Dynamite was on Monday, how do you think it would impact Raw? And do you think Miro should squash Derby? I, yes, I think... That, yeah, I, I don't think... That's a wise move. We saw how that played with Impact. There is a very rigid, decades-long audience for Raw. I think AEW would get slaughtered. But I do think they'd take a chunk out of Raw. That 1.5 million that was like the you know their the lowest point that they got to last year during the pandemic, that is your most hardcore of hardcores. And that 1.5 are just going to watch <clears> Raw <throat> no matter what happens. So yeah, I think they would never get that 1.5 off. New Punk rants. A decade was hyperbolic, of course, but it seems like there's a long-term, a long, long-term plan and enough talent to revolve the main event and upper card roster for years. Because I'm watching a lot of talent on Monday and Tuesday get better, like it's a marathon. So that's the idea that Tony Khan has a decade's worth of stories. But certainly going by the amount of wrestlers he has, mm-hmm. yeah, he kind of does. Uh, Nick Corvello, type in this now because I won't be able to watch the AEW review podcast live. But my re- my reaction to Sheeta retaining, no, Sheeta's double or nothing streak is in danger. Unhappy face. I would have wanted Ty to win simply for that reason, hoping AEW zigs again. So keep the belt on Sheeta rather than Baker. Dean Barretton, I found the show a little disjointed and slightly underbooked at times. That being said, the in-ring matches were all good, and Ty had an outstanding match with Sheeta. I really want to see the Iconics join Britt Baker. They would make a great heel stable. I think that but they might be a bit too different for me. Yeah, I, while they are good, like uh, annoying heels... I think it's better to actually keep them apart. And actually, like that makes me want to watch a feud between the Iconics and Dr. Britt mm. Baker with Reba. Jared Hazelwood. I've messaged you guys a few times about my kids' growing love for wrestling. Last night's Women's Championship match, I think, cemented my daughter's love for AEW. I also caught her mouthing the words to Judas when the inner circle came out. Uh-oh, a fuzzy fan. Uh, Sari donated. <laughs> well, they, 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 and- they need at least one. 
Sari said, Ty and Shida, look how far AEW women's division has come. Incredible. Off topic a bit, I got into wrestling roughly one year ago through AEW, went back and caught up with all of AEW. Now on the trip that is NXT TakeOver New Orleans next, thanks to you guys. Well, yeah, quality wrestling there. Uh, Leon Quashi, wow, Mr. Davis, I didn't know you were an active ref for AEW. So do I look like, uh, what's he called? Bryce Bryce Rimsberg. Uh, Another breakout match for Ty with Shida as the perfect dance partner. The women's division is thriving. I also don't mind that Conti didn't win here. Wait till the crowds come back. I totally agree. The bad one, Ryan B. Bad. The main event was great and Ty Conti was the star of the show for me. How in the world could she barely make NXT TV a few years ago? Also, QT brought a caveman to a gunfight. That's very good. Austin Falco, am I imagining things or is AEW setting up a women's title match a full five (laughs) weeks in advance of a pay-per-view? Love to see it. And Sheeda Britt will almost certainly be a great match. Appreciate the awesome content from you guys uh, and have a great rest of the week. Thank you, Austin. Austin, do not get ahead of yourself. It may happen on Dynamite in two weeks' time. Evan, remember vampire Shayna Baszler? I'd take that over anything she's doing now. Congratulations to AEW. Nobody thought they'd managed to have a better women's division than WWE, but they finally focused on getting them better stories and letting them fight. Yes, it's definitely turned the corner these last couple of months. Natess, love AEW and love the reviews with you guys. I think it's my favorite bits of the week. Really feels like AEW is building a real strong women's division now. Lots of tasty matches to be had between Sheeda, Baker, Ty, Conti, Nile, Abaddon. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abaddon. Abaddon. Yeah, yeah. Chris Ford and Anna J. Yeah, we said that last week. They've got a, a really good, almost eight women six, you know. Uh, Nicholas Lama. Britt Baker wins title. Ty gets her match at the pay per view. Outside interference on Baker's side brings a returning Anna J out to even it up, and Ty Conti wins. Does Anna turn heel on her setting up a rivalry there since Ty took her spot in the Dark Order? That's actually quite an interesting angle to take there. Um, but it kind of like, yeah, does that, that kind of goes against the message of the Dark Order in a way. But yeah, I, I, I think hmm. certainly a Ty Anna J match is something you could certainly build to down the line. I also think, isn't Anna J out for a lot longer? She's alive for it's a like long a year. while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al Bagaloo. As much as I love Shida as champion, in my opinion, I feel like her championship matches are regulated to good rather than great because her stories are so simplistic and short. Conti, Rosa, Rio, uh, Nyla, Penelope, Abaddon. Abaddon. Yeah, I think that's Abaddon. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's... Hopefully that will change now that AEW putting more attention on their women's division. Uh, Phantom FDW. I think Godzilla's done less damage to buildings than Ty Conti has done to the WWE Performance Center. Square pegs, round hole. Imagine a year ago if someone told you that AEW's women's division would end up being so much better than Raw's. Well, I would have believed them because WWE screw everything up and AEW generally make things better. But yes, they've come a long way. Uh, Nick Corvello said, second super chat of this review episode before I go to sleep, or first one if there's the first one read. I was so happy when I heard the original Best Friends theme play for Trent. I hope this means that Statlander is getting her old theme back as well for her match next week. Uh, Anthony Velasquez, that MJF promo was a straight masterpiece. Uh, He may be on a whole other level than anyone else uh, right now when it comes to promo work. Best promo of the year? I mean, it was a great... All these promos are great. I don't... Nothing about it stood out to me from the usual fantastic MJF caliber, though. 
Yeah. Sarah Sullivan, remember that Simpsons episode when Homer turns to a career of pro boxing when he discovers he has a genetic condition that protects him against blows and he wins by his opponents getting tired and slipped up? Is that Christian's gimmick? Hope you're all well. Are you an angel? Yes, Homer, I'm an angel. Steve Duggan, uh, hi guys, uh, loved last night's show. What do you think uh, could be the feud to get Penta up the card? The Cody thing was only two weeks. Also, could you keep Alex A only, uh, would you add a heelish rate and pack to the act? Jam that jam. I think if you want Penta to be a true single star, you you just make it Alex Abrahantes. Uh, just, just have him challenge Kenny. Reprise that all out feud. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, Nathan Schultz, can we get a can we get a poll on if people actually like this Nightmare Factory family storyline? I feel like I'm crazy for hating everything around the Nightmare Family now. No, you're not crazy, Nathan. Mm. Um, I can see why you would be down on it, I, but I, a lot of people are enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, Paul Kerr, how much longer should Darby hold the belt, and who should uh, he should take it? For me, I'd love to see Mira versus Darby in a couple of weeks. Mira just runs through him, give Darby's poor body a breakup from the bumps. Just wrecking machine Miro is top class. That's exactly what I would do, Paul. I would have a book Miro versus Darby for the TNT title on uh, Dynamite, maybe even the go-home show for um, Double or Nothing. And Miro just goes in there, destroys him, wins the belt. Like a proper like Brody Lee, Cody squash match. Just get I, I, I That's what I would do. Um, Gabriel Caruso, hey guys, not sure if you get commercials in the UK, but there was at least one commercial during Dynamite on TNT advertising Impact and Rebellion this weekend. I, I get, but like we've said this with um, when we said, like, oh, WWE are doing nothing to promote their NXT is moving to USA Networks on Wednesday, and people were like, well, they ran commercials. I was like, that's not the same thing. Like, it's not the same thing as having a big time angle or like a big video promo to kind of put that over on the actual like in ring show itself. Uh, Tax said, I think the whole Impact Rich Swung thing is that in kayfabe, AEW are heels. In real reasons, I think Stephen Larson said it could be something with TNT not wanting another network being promoted on their network. Also, Kingston and Moxley's banter is the best. I haven't heard anything about TNT. It's it's not really competition for, from what I understand. Uh, and yeah, I don't, don't think AEW are the super elite are heels, not AEW. Yeah, I think that's what the point they're making is like in the impact world, it's mm. the heels that are sort of invading. Sure, them, right? sure, because Tony yeah, Khan's yeah. doing those paid ads, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rangers Mayhem, would the elite segment been better if instead of Moxley Kingston, it was Swan, Willie Mac, Eddie Edwards, and assuming they're already back from Japan, Finn Juice jumping the elite to build to the pay-per-view this Sunday and future feuds down the road. Finn Juice in particular, because they're facing Gallus and Anderson for the tag belts. Yeah, definitely. And then have the elite still in the trailer. And then they all brawl. That's a great <laughs> yeah. idea. Christopher Jazzcat, I really enjoyed this week's AEW. They had a lot of good matches. I think I'm more into matches than promos. Ty Conti gets better every week. Starks versus Hangman was great. Penta versus Trent was awesome. But AEW, why no Pixies? QT's <laughs> wrestling is cringe AF, though. Uh, Sarah Sullivan, sorry for another super chat. My boyfriend just sent me a video for a year in review of AEW 2020 and actually got emotional seeing Hangman and Omega hugging each other and being friends. I would advise watching it. It's fantastic. Take care, everyone. I'll check that out. Here's Nick Mazesco's. Wait for it. Hold on. Nick Mazesco's. Big donation. 
Thank you for all of your content. Hoping you can help me uh, where I can submit an insurance claim for my grandmother's chair. <laughs> E.W. broke. She's nowhere to sit on the front porch while she yells at the squirrels. Not only was there a lot of quantity there on your super chat, that was a quality super chat too. Oh yeah, Nate S. I never realized Christian could hit the kill, uh, kill switch from basically out of nowhere. Thought it took a bit more setup. Really impressed. Also, he's amazing at nearfalls. Never was a Christian guy, but I'm coming rounds. Hmm. Oh, hot uh, tag back. Jonathan Hedman. Imagine if you will, the heat of Samoa Joe came to AEW instead of trash talking WWE, begging to let him come back. Oh, what? So it, it, it's the complete opposite of every other former WWE guy saying so many anti-AEW things that you could imagine Vince saying awesomeness. Yeah, so he'd turn up and then want to go back. Like, I'm just yeah. here because I got I'm let go somewhere else. Yeah, I'm, I'm here yeah, that's to prove. Cool. To, I'm, here to, I'm here to prove to that other company that, I, that they shouldn't have fired me so I can go back. That's really smart. I like that. Star Train 24. I was at work yesterday and someone said, it's Wednesday. And I followed it up with, you know what that means? No, no, they didn't know what I meant. I'm related. Ollie, have you gotten loose, used to your lack of hair? Uh, no, because I went out earlier and I didn't take a hat and my head started burning. I had to come back. The bad one, Ryan B. Bad. When, if Paige beats Omega for the title, I don't want it at pay-per-view, do it on December 22nd. It's the final dynamite before the anniversary of the passing of Brody Lee, making it another TV special similar to Winter is Coming. They should definitely do a big Brody tribute show like that, I think, but maybe maybe more of like a house show style thing, I would mm. prefer, as opposed to paying off that angle. Yeah, no, but I can I kind of see the point of yeah, like if they do it as a yearly tradition of the Brody Lee tribute show and having the big title change there, I think that'd be an amazing way to cap off that episode. James Hamley took your advice sorry, from last sorry, week, particularly with all the Dark Order stuff. You continue. James Hamley took your advice from last week on how to get it, and now I'm swimming like my boy Scrooge McDuck in that Tony Khan coin. Uh, how does M get? Is that the Mortal so, Kombat theme? Mortal Kombat theme. So he's going Tony Khan coin. <laughs> Sam Mort says, "I agree. Baker versus Shida should be a pay per view, but I have a feeling it won't be, and the pay per view match will be Shida versus Cargill. I think they'll spend more time." Yeah. Golden up Cargill. Mr. Smith. Hey guys, great pod like always. Watching AEW with a friend yesterday and we started talking about our top five overall wrestlers today. We both noticed that Roman is actually in our top five along with Osprey, Kenny, Akada, etc. Is he really that good? Definitely as a heel. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah great absolutely. character. Yeah. Mr. Smith again. Last comment was off topic. Sorry about that. But you guys could still settle an argument. During our top five, we took everything important to wrestlers. Ring work. Work rate, promo. Mine goes number one Roman, Akada, Kenny, Osprey, Abushi slash Moose. Well, Moose is a bit of an outside choice in all of that. Yeah. So Roman's number one. Hmm. Hmm. I, I think Kenny is the more complete wrestler. But yeah, maybe Roman would be number two, yeah. Bobby Stevens, when Kenny wins the Impact title, is that when we honestly see the door open wide with a rematch with Swan at Double or Nothing? I want to see Mox Eddie versus Finn Juice at Double or Nothing with Mox's history with Juice. Ah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be Moxley Kingston versus the Young Bucks for the tag titles at a double or nothing. Like, I think it will still be very much an AEW show. And I think if 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 Rich, 
uh, Kenny does defend the Impact World Title. It won't be a double or nothing. It will just be at another TNA show. Sorry, Impact Wrestling Show, not TNA. Unless they do another all in, because remember, everything's been all out since that first mm. one. And the all in is just all the promotions that Kenny's won championships from. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Lama, nothing really to say. Just enjoy you two and the commentary you have. Thank you for helping us who might not have time to tune in every night. Though one question, uh, though this is AEW focused, do you think Daniel Bryan would ever show up here or Ring of Honor? If if it's a WWE endorsed thing, then it's going to be Ring of Honor than it, uh, more than it's going to be AEW. Ah, uh, but Brian might not re-sign this August. He's teased. Oh, yeah, but I I think he's going to re-sign. I yeah, think you'll re-sign think and too. just go and just be like as a, a part-time wrestler for them. got a quick email that i do want to read out here he says hi guys big fan of the show just thought i'd share a dream i had last night with you i was watching a football match in hackney wick and then i saw a dog who needed rescuing so i took it to a local shelter at which point i opened my phone and went on twitter ollie davis had tweeted to say that he and i were now in a relationship and he was and i quote the happiest he'd been since wrestlemania everyone was congratulating us on our brave decision to tell the world I woke up because my phone vibrated and it was a message from Ollie Davis. That was weird. Anyway, see you soon. Andy Datson, WrestleTalk.com chief editor. Yes, I saw that email in the support inbox too. Oh, what? Um, you spoiled yeah, it. Like Andy it messaged me. Andy messaged me being like, can you read this out? But don't reveal who it's from oh. until the end because that's the punchline. Yeah, I had to. I, I'm I'm in that inbox quite a lot at the moment because I'm sorting out the winners for the charity competition we did. Uh, so yeah, I saw that. Very, very funny. Not creepy at all. I'm not. I don't text Andy. <laughs> you not? No. Well, not in the morning, unless he's sleeping at like till midday. I mean, he's usually up watching our streams, so yeah. he is. Um, he's he's clearly not busy. So maybe, yeah, maybe he's just like sleeping during the day or very having very late mornings. We've got to get on with the uh, the got to, well. We've got to leave now. Um, it is Adam and Denise back once again, like Renegade Masters Team Dam doing the magazine show tomorrow because I've got a four day weekend. Whoop, whoop, and Ollie has already left. Um, and then Pete and Tempest will be doing the SmackDown review on Saturday. Take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.